Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Candy Fox Show. I'm your hostess with the most of Candy Fox, and tonight we have the incredibly sexy daddy bear, uh, Kevin Davis, uh, joining us. Um, and I say daddy bear because I just saw you on a friend of mine, K.R. Hall's book cover, as pretty much a daddy bear. <laughs> so Karen Hall has literally a daddy bear book cover out because that's what she writes is bear shifters and kevin i just saw him on the cover so for those of you karen hall kevin davis go get the book (laughs) so kevin first of all how are you and secondly how in the world did you wind up on book covers i'm doing great thank you um well actually golden um from furious photog he hit me up on social media and asked me if I wanted to do a photo shoot. He told me he did romance book covers and and at first I thought this can't be real. And so I checked out his website and I was like, "Wow, this is legit." So then um I was trying to decide if I was going to do it or not. I really wanted to, but I was very insecure, very self-conscious because I saw all the other all the other models who look like bodybuilders, half my age. Um, but I just I decided to push myself out of my comfort zone, and I'm very happy that I did. And that was well, two years ago. Well, so are we, <laughs> those of us fans. Because I'm a fan, too. I I've, I've saw you, um, I think, maybe last year in, in a group um, when I was doing research for a book. And um, you were in there, and you were talking to the girls. And I think maybe you did your first shoot with Golden. Um, then and you just got done doing your right. second shoot with Golden Furious Photog, by right. the way, people. And the thing that I love about Golden, um, who by the way is going to be our main model, uh, is that he approaches everybody. Like he approaches people on social media that have never been models before, and he makes them. And it's kind of incredible because um, I like the diversity on the book covers. A lot of people like the diversity on the book covers. Plus, we get to meet so many interesting people, and I've gotten to enjoy meeting people. I've gotten to meet you, and we're going to learn your story tonight, and, and I'm really excited about that. But I have to say that, you know, I know that you've, you've done a weight loss journey through this because you can tell with your photos, but even in the first set of photos when you were more dad bod, um, you know, people were still loving that. So, but I totally get the insecurity thing. Photos? Well. And video's hard. I actually, I actually sold more covers with that first photo shoot than I have the other two. So they definitely, they definitely seem to react well to the dad bod. Well, right now there's an incredible explosion into um, just the whole daddy thing, period, whether it be gay, straight, bi, all across the right now is the daddy thing is massively huge because people are finally realizing that um, you don't have to be 20 or 30 to have fun. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with being 20 or 30 and having fun, by the way, for those of you that are. Um, it's just that those of us who are a little older aren't quite ready to give up yet. So we're still we're still out there with our, you know, Kiss T-shirts and uh, uh, headbanging and doing all the stuff we did in the 80s. Yeah, I, I feel like this was um... – this was sort of like a second start for me, and um, I never imagined that I would become a cover model at age 50. So once that opportunity happened, I decided, well, I'm going to try to make the most of it, and I really started working on getting into better shape. Um, you know, it's like I, I feel like I might do another photo shoot sometime once I add a little weight back on uh, to see how that goes, to mix it up a little bit. But uh, I'm actually in the best shape I've ever been, so I'm sort of enjoying this new journey I'm on. But um, I probably will do another shoot with a little bit of extra weight on again. Yeah, because, you know, 
sometimes those cheat meal days just have to be a week instead of a day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Actually, I took a break from keto, and then some stuff happens. I've I've been off a little longer than I planned. I'm getting ready to go back on, but um, I, I kind of understand, you know, in in that aspect because the diet is fairly strict. It yes. is. I I have a new respect for people who are bodybuilders or people that that keep a model type body all year round. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's it's like a second job, or maybe it's the first job. Yeah. <laughs> the second job is. is a, uh, um, now, you were in the Air Force. As a firefighter, yeah. everybody, the firefighter uniform pictures that he's in, he was a firefighter. So just we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I had to fangirl for a second. <laughs> just letting well, all the girls know. Yeah, I, was, I was excited. I was excited to finally get to do a firefighter shoot. It, it was the third shoot. I was like, it's about time we actually did one. You know, what was it? Uh, when did you go in the Air Force? Was it like right after high school or a few years later? It was a few years later. I was I had just turned 21, and I went and I did basic training, and then um, I did firefighter school, and then I got assigned to England for my first for my first uh, assignment, which was awesome. But while I was home <laughs> for two weeks, the two weeks I was home before I left for there, uh, Desert Shield started, and and then Desert Storm. So that was the first two years of my uh, pretty much the first two years, the two years I was in England. Pretty much we were we were at war. Wow. Did you have to spend any time um, in the sandbox? I did not. Half of the firemen actually did go. Um, they let the ones volunteer first, and then um, I had my bags packed. I think twice to go, and then about that time. It was pretty much over. It, it didn't last that long, so I didn't have to go. Yeah, no, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty close. My brother had just actually gotten out of the army, and we were wondering if he was going to get called back up. Uh, he was over in Germany when the, they took the wall down. Yeah. He actually brought a piece of it so back. I, I was really torn. There was a part of me that really wanted to go and have that experience, but then there was a part of me that was, I didn't really know, you know, if what was going to happen over there and if we would come back or if we would come back with some sort of, uh, you know, chemical exposure or whatever. So um, I just decided, well, I'll go if they, if they send me, but I never had to. Right. So then how long were you in the air force? I was in the air force for four years. Four years. And then after that um, you went into the medical field, like the office side. Is that correct? After that, yeah, after after that, I moved to Atlanta, and I became – I started working for a, a doctor's office, worked there for like six years, worked my way up to um, to a uh, the office business manager. And then I, I also went back there working for a couple more years. I worked for a hospital for another about five years. Wow. See, I did the um... – medical billing side for uh, ER doctors and specialty pharmacies for 10 years. So I have yeah, a little I bit of the office, the office background uh, yeah, with medical. <laughs> I can tell you, <clears throat> did you ever have to deal with ER records? Because I remember putting them in the system or like dealing with somebody when, you, when you're calling and I'm not going to give, say anything that I've read, but you read the most unusual things Things that you would never think of, things that you think are actually like urban myths, really do happen in the ER. Yeah, I actually worked in the ER as a triage uh, tech for about three, uh, three years. I, I actually was the one who would take you back, do your vitals, EKGs, that kind of stuff. Uh, I worked overnights. So I heard a little bit of everything. Yeah, it's it's really funny because you think all that stuff is like an urban myth. Like somebody would never do that. That's really just a joke. It's not. People really do no. the things and it, that. And and it, and it's really true about the whole uh, full moon. I mean, it really does bring yes. out certain people. <laughs> Extra true. crazy people. Like yes. Scenarios where there's a man and a chihuahua involved. 
and I'll just leave it there. <laughs> right. But it was a full moon night. <laughs> it was. I, I, I really do think the full moon does affect a lot of things, including like a lot of false births. There was a lot of women who thought they were in labor coming in. Right. And I just feel like it has something to do with the pressure. Well, that if uh, if you go into the, the, the whole like um, metaphysical aspect of things, the energies are changing, and you know the tides change, and so the Earth right, is like right. energetic. Yeah, it's just magnetic magnetic fields and stuff are all in play, and yeah. Yeah, I, it, it definitely it, it does definitely, bring. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just, it's funny, because unless you've worked, and um, Jed Ryan, who is, uh, by the way, one of my husbands, and happy birthday this week, you turned the big 35 plus shipping and handling, <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a nurse, uh, he, okay. he's on here a lot, so um, I had to wish him happy birthday really quick, but it's kind of one of those things where you, you kind of got to swap stories when you're together. <laughs> and and but, most people have a lot of similar stories. Yeah, the most unusual thing that you've ever yeah. <laughs> it's kind of funny. And and we it's funny because when you when you would we would sit around, uh, like eating and stuff, I would sit in there thinking, you know, we we would talk about some of the grossest stuff that you could ever think of, but you, we're we were so used to seeing and hearing everything that nothing phased us. You know, it's really funny because I get really grossed out when I'm eating, but not when I worked there. Like I could do that. I could go from like. <laughs> But now that I've been out of it for so long, it kind of I, – I don't have that thing again. Right. It's like you build it up, <laughs> and then if, you if, if I don't use it every day, I guess I kind of lost mine. So, yeah. But, you know, I'm in the same way. We'd be talking about, oh, yeah, this guy, like, hit a vein, and the blood squirted 15 feet, and, hey, can you pass the ketchup? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> now, I know that you suffered from chronic pain um, for several years. Was there like an injury involved or like I have like a disc in my back that's torn that caused mine. So what was the cause of yours? I don't know what caused the problem, but it was a disc problem. And and so I went for about 10 years of it getting worse and worse before they finally decided that they would do surgery for me. Uh, they probably needed to do it much sooner. The doctor I went to, he was just very cautious, and and so, but it had. I had at that point had physical therapy a few times. I had tried, you know, nerve blocks and epidurals and everything like that, which none of it yes. seemed to help. Did all and those. so, um, I, I I finally went. I was finally driving to the doctor's office and. I was turning my head to try to see if there was a car in the lane next to me, and my and it, my neck just sort of caught, and I couldn't. It was such pain, I almost thought, "Well, I'm going to wreck if this continues." And oh. so when I when I walked in to see him that day, I pretty much just had tears in my eyes. I was like, "You've got to do something." I think he finally took me serious enough to decide to do surgery. And so after the surgery, I I had some relief, but it started getting worse again. And within two years, the pain was just as bad, and they checked. And my – it was at C5, C6. It never fused correctly, so two of the screws had broken completely in two. So oh. they had to go back in and do surgery in the back this time and put in some rods, which was much worse because all your muscles are in the back of your neck. And, right. Um, but, but it seemed to do the trick. But by that point, I was pretty much – um, I pretty much had an addiction at that point, though. Right, and that's what you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about um, next. And of course, um, as much or as little as you want to talk about this, please do so. Uh, I, I want all my guests to be comfortable, and some people are more comfortable um, talking about it. Um, so basically, probably the pain meds that they had you on because they weren't really dealing with the issues is is part of what. Uh, is what you became addicted to, is that correct? Well, actually, um, the pain pills didn't do a lot for me. They seemed to numb me a little bit, and but they didn't really help with the nerve pain I was dealing with. And, Ooh, yeah. And I, I also have 
a real problem taking any kind of narcotics because of constipation. So I really could never really take anything like that for a long time. And I had I had gone through a little bit of a club party scene in my days, and so I had experimented with different types of club drugs. And I ended up finding other stuff that would work for me. Um, and that way also I could kind of hide it from everyone because the doctors just thought that I was not even taking pain pills. So they didn't have a problem with anything. So that was the way I was able to hide it for so long. So then what was your drug of choice, so to speak? My drug of choice ended up being meth. And and I think the main reason that was is that I have ADD and it's the one kind of, I actually have taken Adderall uh, a lot of my life and and it actually has a similar effect on you. So I was actually able to function while taking it, yet I could also, when I was high, I wasn't hurting. The problem was is when I come down, the pain was even worse. So right. that's how the addiction, the, how the addiction gets even worse for, for that. So, and and, and, and also, um, meth, meth also was it actually helped bring me out of my shell because I I had a lot of insecurities, um, a lot of self doubt, that kind of thing, and and the drug actually makes you feel like Superman, and makes you feel you know just so outgoing. You can talk to anyone. You can do anything. And between that and it and the pain, it was mm-hmm. it was something where, that I have felt that I had to have. You know, uh, when I wasn't taking it, I wouldn't even put myself in certain scenarios because I thought I can't do it without the drug. Yeah, it's um, from what I understand. Uh, my sister has an addiction that she um, is still battling. Um, the meth is pretty. Uh, like almost instantly addictive for some people that it's pretty powerful. Like once it gets in your system, it's one of those things that people have a hard time shaking from what I understand anyway, from, I have friends, uh, another friend that's 17 years clean now that that was, uh, her drug of choice as well. Yeah. I think the problem with it for, for some people, it, it can bring out a side of you that you never thought you could have, you know, you feel so amazing and and you feel so confident and and um one of the problems is is that it can make you very hypersexual um and that was that was sort of an issue for me before is because i had never had i'd always had some hang-ups about sex because of my upbringing i had a very super religious upbringing and um i went to a baptist school a pentecostal church my family owned a Christian bookstore. I couldn't listen to rock music. I mean, it was pretty pretty strict. And so wow. in a way, I think that the drug kind of helped me get out of my head and not yeah. have any of these hang-ups. Right. And for the first time in my life, I felt like I, I felt normal as far as sex life. But then what happened is that I felt like I couldn't be that person without it. So I, I got to where for years I, I didn't have sex without the drug because I felt like I couldn't. And that's the whole reason why now I've been celibate for the past three years is because I still haven't been able to figure out how to rewire my brain to where when I think about sex, I don't think about using. Wow. I never thought so about that. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's. Uh, um, have you thought about therapy? And I, yeah, uh, I actually, I actually I'm have a big um, therapy I proponent a, because have, I'm. I take therapy, so yeah. I have a therapist um, because after I went to rehab at the VA, I kept a therapist, and and actually they're the ones that put me back on to Adderall. Um, because I, I do really well in Adderall. I don't have a problem with it. I, but um, because, of, because I've been seeing him just recently, I, I asked him, I said, you know, I need to – it's been three years now. I, I want to try to work through this. I, I'm, I don't think that sex is important enough for me to, to mess up my recovery, but at the same time, 
I need to go back to trying to be a, a healthy person with a healthy sex life. Um, right. So I, I ask him about the possibility of using hypnosis. I said, maybe there's a way to reprogram my brain to where I don't trigger myself thinking about using. So he's looking into that for me. He he hadn't really heard of it for that particular issue, but he's seeing if he can find someone that maybe has dealt with that. Um, now, does he do cognitive therapy? So far, I mean, I've really just seen him. Uh, I just go in there, and, and it's mainly well, the, because, yeah. See the, I have a plethora of, of things that um, happened to me since uh, a very young age, so um, – Cognitive therapy has probably been so far the biggest benefit for me because what it does is it teaches you to rewire your brain. Right. You you rewire your thinking when 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 stuff comes up. For me, it's um, you know panic stuff. Uh, catastrophic thinking is is my biggest thing. So you know it's it's kind of like a rewire thing, and that's why you know the, you mentioned the hypnosis, and and I know that that works too. Um, now mm-hmm. Sherry actually, uh, who is my sidekick and my PA, <laughs> and who definitely helps your reading experience. Um, She's the one that's been 17 years clean, and uh, we want to remind everybody again now how you've been clean again for three years. Is that correct? I will be three years on the 16th of next month. Three years on the 16th of next month. So, yes, three yeah. years for sure. <laughs> yeah. And going. That's right. Now, do you um, attend the uh, meetings, and are you going to get your three-year chip? or? You you know, I after, after rehab, I – I didn't. I I I don't know. I I I feel like, uh, you know, everybody's a little different. And, Absolutely. Uh, they. It just didn't seem like for me. It wasn't I, a good fit for you. I, I, kind of, I, I kind of figured out what I, I I kind of really really figured out why I used, and 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 the big majority of it had become about sex. And so I knew that that was something that I just had to deal with and and, and stay away from. And then and then I also, when I moved, I, I stayed here in Tuscaloosa, uh, where the VA where the rehab was uh, after rehab because I didn't know anyone here. And I just thought, well, if I'm away from all the people that that I don't, you know, if I don't know anyone, all I won't be tempted. Used with and yeah, right. Right. Uh, and so if as long as I stayed away from my number one trigger, I feel, felt like I could be okay. And the other thing was that at these meetings, uh, and even in rehab, you're around a bunch of other addicts. And a lot of those addicts are in and out of rehab a lot. They, right. they stay clean for a couple of weeks, couple of weeks or whatever, but they will come to the meetings high or, or you know go use after with each other. And I just didn't want to have a place to meet people that I had a chance to get something from. Right. So I, I kind of felt like it was safer for me just to kind of get away from that world as much as possible. And that and that worked for me. Um, so, like, I mean, uh, another thing for me is, like, you know, a lot of people have to – a lot of people have to be completely uh, sober as well. Um, actually, when, when I started doing drugs – I quit drinking completely. Drinking was kind of a social thing for me, but when I started doing drugs, I didn't even drink. Um, but drinking has not been uh, not been a problem for me. Uh, I've had I'll have a glass of wine here or there. I, I don't allow myself to go get drunk because I wouldn't want to make a bad decision and mess up. But alcohol wasn't a problem. And even after I had surgery recently, I the doctor gave me ten Percocets. I took two of them the day of. And I still have the other eight. I mean, sitting in a drawer. So pills aren't even a problem for me because I never liked them to begin with. So I, I've been able to figure out what my triggers are, and and I just know what I have to kind of do. So now I just have to figure out what the next step is. I, and that's I don't exactly wanna, I don't what wanna... cognitive therapy, cognitive is, is is you realize what's that trigger is and work on it. So you're, right. you're, you're doing a good job. <laughs> the problem is, is like, how do I, 
figure out now how to get past that issue without putting myself in a position to possibly want to use, you know. So well, that's yeah, my and, and, and now how has modeling impacted your celibacy? Because obviously you've been, been able to keep it, but I know that the more you're out there, the more people that are going to try to slip into your PM. I know how this works. Well, you know, <laughs> you know it's like – uh, it's, it's funny because um, it, the one time in my life that people think I'm having the most sex, <laughs> I'm not having any. Um, but it's funny because people people see me now and they're like, "Oh, you're a model, and and you're modeling for all these characters who are these characters who are having wild sex or this or that." And and then they they see I have all these followers and people hitting me up, and I'm like, it, "It's actually been kind of nice though. It, it's." It's like I've been able to focus on myself and focus on the modeling, and and I've not allowed myself to um, take like you know I, I'm not looking for anything. So I've been very private as far as my personal life on online. I mean I'll put my story out there, but I don't chat with people. I don't get personal with people. I'm not letting these people into my life because I'm not ready for that yet. So it's actually right. been good for me because I, I also I, – I try to, like, acknowledge everyone's comments, but I try not to focus on the good or the bad comments because, right. you know, either way, it can mess with your head. If someone tells well, you yeah, you're I, amazing I have, uh, way too much, you get numb exactly. from it. And if someone starts criticizing you – it's easy for you to let those insecurities pop back up. And so I've tried my best to not allow any of that to mess with my head. Right. Yeah. Anytime you put yourself out there, it's, it's the same thing. You're, you're going to get people that love you, people that hate you. And it's just one of those things where um, kind of take things with a grain of salt and go on either way. Right. Um, right. But, but I've, I've, I've learned a lot about myself in this time of, of it's like I've had a lot of good things happen for me, but they've been big things that normally might have overwhelmed me. But I've been able to very calmly. It's like I I, I will sit there and look back and think of all the things that's happened to me in the past two years, really good things, and and it kind of still amazes me. Like this is my life because I I've just sort of like flowed with I just kind of go with the flow. Uh, and let it happen and and but like when I think back about it I'm like wow three years ago if someone told me this was my life I would have said there's no way Um, but um, I've allowed myself to do it and just have you know I I, uh, it's really helped with my self-esteem my confidence and everything like that because now I I I just I go after what I want before I would have let every excuse in the book to to not do it because I would be afraid to put myself out there. Um, and and I'm, I'm realizing if you don't put yourself out there, it's not going to happen. And I've right. seen so many good things happen to me. I'm like, well, why couldn't it happen for me now? You know? Absolutely. Um, if it doesn't happen, then it wasn't meant to be, but why not try? So is Golden in, as fun in person as he looks like as he is in line? Because I haven't had the pleasure of meeting him yet. You know he's he's so much fun. Um, we've only got to shoot three times, and so that's the only times we've really got to hang out. But I swear we we chat all day long on Facebook. I'm sort of surprised uh, he gets anything done because I'm we're always chatting back and forth. And sometimes <laughs> I'm thinking I'm probably bo- probably bothering him. But um, he's he's a uh, he's a great guy, and and I feel like I feel I like love his he personality. Was into my life for a reason. He came right. into my life at the perfect time. Um, it's like it was one year out of my recovery, and I I really still didn't have a lot of direction in my life yet. I didn't know exactly where I was going, um, but I was starting to build my confidence up. And when he had me come do the shoot, um, it really just sort of put my life in a different direction and it's been great and he's been like the perfect kind of 
mentor for me. I mean, the perfect person to put me in, in this business because uh, he's given me great advice and um, he's a great example of kind of what I want my brand to be and how I want to be perceived in the industry. And and so it's it's been a good first experience. I, I, I haven't had my chance to do another shoot with another photographer yet, um, but I'm... Uh, you know, I'm happy that I've got to at least get my first three with him. I was going to say, I know a couple of other photographers that I love besides Golden. I mean, the personality to me for the model and the photographer, I know that's probably weird. I'm probably the only author that does that. But I like people to be really personable, <laughs> like if they're going to represent me, if that makes sense. Right. Exactly. It's like – and, and – Especially coming into this new, I didn't know what to expect at a photo shoot. Uh, I was, I was a little terrified going in, thinking, okay, are they? Am I going to get there? And he's going to go, oh, you're not what I thought you were going to be, you know? Aww. And then I thought, you know, and then you think, okay, or you know, the pictures going to come out, or anybody is anybody going to want to buy them? If they don't, then I was going to be, you know, it's like so you have all those fears, um, and then. But but he was he was great. He makes you feel super comfortable as soon as you're there. And, and yeah, I've no, heard that y- from everybody. Y'all had me wanting to write different tropes with those pictures. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I try not – I have so many tropes going on now. If I add one more, Sherry might come through. She might drive down here from Colorado and beat me, so I can't do that anymore. No, he's amazing. I mean, like this past time – I, I came with all these ideas and all these costumes that I had put together, and 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 I thought, oh God, he's going to be like, oh God, all this. And he was great, and and he ended up m- making the idea I had even more amazing. I mean, the angel thing, it was. It, I mean, that's just the first one that came out, but I I can only imagine some of the other ones we did because we did we did like a fallen angel and we did some warrior angels, but yeah, that was, that was an totally idea cool. I had in my head. And, and, and then, and then I, I said, well, I, someone mentioned a God. I said, maybe we can do Zeus. And then he comes up with that. I mean, I was floored. <laughs> oh, well, well, you'd have to be my Odin, I guess, because I write about Odin's wolves. Actually, Golden <laughs> is going to be one of my wolves. He's oh, going to really? be on one of my covers. Yeah, he'll be on the co- one of the covers either into next year or next year. He's going to be a techno mage. Nice. And it'll be my first. He'll be my first male male book. Oh, cool. Yeah. So and nice. by the way, he is the one that recommended you um, for March model of the month for Candy Fox and Foxy Fanatics. So. I I heard that. That was yeah. great. I love that. He's awesome. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we've become sort of each other's cheerleader a little bit. I, I ended up getting a um, uh, Instinct Magazine featured me on a post, and then they were talking to me, um, and and I then that. That I, noticed that, I, noticed that, I noticed that they had posted an article about another photographer I know, so I sent them a message. I'm like, you need to do a feature on Golden. And so then they did, yeah. <laughs> and, and so – and so then, because of that, they ended up doing a full article on me as well. So it's sort of like it came full circle. So you know what, life does that though. It it happens it to is. where um, you know you do good stuff for people out of the kindness of your heart, not because you want something, right. and you and you get paid back. That's how you get paid back. I, um, I, so, I, I yeah. believe that a lot. It, it was it was it was one of the biggest lessons of of, of karma to me when that happened. <laughs> I was like, it's true. It's like I, I feel like what you put out there, uh, it definitely comes back to you. So, um, yeah. And he's 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 a he's big on that as well. He's he he will promote other photographers, and you know he promotes his models. And so, um, I I do everything I can to you know to promote him as well. So. Yeah, I do too. I I really like. Um as much as I can sharing and, and promoting your stuff, promoting his stuff. And by the way, we have uh, instinct magazine in the house, in the chat room, uh, Randy. My oh, really? Randy Slovacek is in the house and he writes for instinct magazine. Oh, nice. Thanks. Thanks to Randy. I know everybody. 
Like I met Randy and Randy introduced me to the world. <laughs> I, I'm really kind of serious nice. about that. Like Dobby Osmond and so many other people, uh, Olivia Newton-John, Randy has introduced me to everybody. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, um, whenever, whenever, um, they hit me up to do the, the feature and everything, um, it was um, a, a writer named Ryan, and I don't know you know you read, but like after I sent in all my interview questions, he got uh, he was tested positive for COVID, and like two weeks later he passed away. So oh no, he didn't, that's he, right. Oh. He didn't he didn't make it long enough to even see the article come out, but it was sort of bittersweet. Yeah, that's it. COVID is a. Uh... <sighs> So many people just didn't take it serious for too long, and I'm glad that people are yeah. going out and getting their shots now. I've gotten shot one, um, shot two. I got my, you know, you have to wait 28 I, days. I get my second one next Thursday. Next Thursday, oh, awesome. The eighth, the eighth, awesome. The 8th, yeah. And um, so, yeah, when I got that shot, I thought about Ryan. I thought, you know, I feel very blessed that, you know, because a lot of people didn't even make it long enough to get the shot. Wow. Okay, so Randy said that Ryan passed, and a gentleman named Corey Andrews finished your article. He did. He's awesome, too. I love him. So it's like so, I, I've ended up meeting some really great people through this. And, um, it, you know, it's like I, I'm very happy that I got to get to get to know Ryan for the short period. Um, and, um, and then so uh, Ryan actually – wrote um the article the feature for golden as well oh awesome and you know yeah. i'm gonna say this thing that i say a lot and this is why i love gay men because look at this <laughs> y'all everybody loves everybody and you share it and there's no jealousy and i mean i'm telling you gay men are like some of the best men of my life besides my husband it's <laughs> it's my posse of gay men you have to ask randy randy can tell you stories any dinosaurs. I hold courts. I, I am like, yes. <laughs> I'm, know, I'm, like the, I'm, the, I'm the quiet version of, of Cher and Liza Minnelli. That's what, that's what I am. Yeah. At, at, at first I was kind of concerned. I thought, okay, if, you know, I, 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 I don't put my personal life out there too much because like I said, as far as, because I'm not, I'm, I'm celibate. So I kind of feel like I'm not really gay or straight at this time because I'm not really doing right? anything. But, but at the same time, I kind of thought, well, you know, if people do know I'm gay, will will they be like, will the women be like, oh no, he, I can't fantasize about him anymore. But then, I didn't realize that most of the male, the gay male books, the male male books are written by straight women. You know, so that was that was something I didn't realize. That was interesting. You know, it is. But for those of you that don't know, I run all my male male scenes by gay men. And I actually consult a lot of my gay guy friends before I write my scenes because I am not a gay male. Well, there is a gay male <laughs> locked inside me, but that's for another story. Um, since I'm not physically a gay male, I do have to consult other people to ask what is the best way to do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, right. Yes. Right, right. So Viper – uh, I did my first male male scene, and I had uh, one of my gay husbands in New York. I have three, by the way. Uh, said that he's actually going to read sex scenes again now. He stopped reading sex scenes in books, <laughs> but because of my scene, he's going to go back and start reading sex scenes again. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Um, I'm excited to do my first couple shoots coming up in May with Golden. Um, Golden shooting it is going to be with with David Cook, um, and um, so he's a straight guy. So this is going to be interesting. Straight guys. Um, um, I had Will on here, and um, he and his best friend are both straight, and they do a lot of male male photos and things. And it's like he's like it's just all about the acting. You said some of the stuff, yeah, I, you know, I, so it's just all about getting comfortable and <laughs> have a I glass think I of would wine. Feel, I think I would feel more comfortable. I think I'm more comfortable with doing it with a straight guy because it's, it's, it's just a job. Because you know it's all and, acting. 
if if it was if it was a gay guy, I'd probably thinking, are they really being real, or is this you know? So I think I actually am kind of happy that it's not because this is my first couple shoot. Um, right. He's only done he's only done a shoot with his wife before, so you know this is going to be new for both of us. So I think it's going to be fun. Oh yeah, it'll be fun. Is his wife going to be there cheering you guys on? Uh, I don't think so. Which I feel like I'm, I'm more comfortable if I don't have people watching. Yeah, probably. See, I'd be um, bad. I'm a vo- I'm, I'm, I'm more problem is I'm a voyeur, but only when it comes to male male things. What can I say? Right. It's a whole if gay I man locked inside watching, me thing again. I think I would be too. I would be too worried about what the other person was watching, and then you know I wouldn't be as comfortable. So I can't talk myself onto Kevin's set. Skip. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, no, no. You do have to do you. I'm just teasing. (laughs) I mean, if if it's a partner of somebody else, that makes me a little probably less. Yeah, yeah, no, that would that would be awkward. I would just be the crazy blue haired. I would just be the crazy blue haired lady in the corner cracking up. It'd be fine. And or drooling, one of the two, probably both. I'll, I'll I'll see if I'll see if uh, Golden will give you an invitation. <laughs> I'll talk you into it eventually. You're supposed to come okay. um, to Tulsa, um, the Hard Rock. If we have the Hard Rock this year, he'll be here, so I'll get to see him in person. I'm so excited. I'm excited to because I I was scheduled for two book shows, two author events last year that got canceled. So I'm hoping that I actually get to do my first one soon. You will love those. People are so much fun. It's really funny because um, I don't do pre-orders like a lot of the authors do pre-orders or whatever. So they sell their books, and I never do that. I probably should one of these days. But um, I don't because I like talking to people about the books and making sure they get the book they want. I mean, I'm thrilled right. if you just want, because you heard I'm a good author, you just want whatever, but what about if you want this heroine and not that heroine, or, or, or you like these MC guys, and my MC guys are a little bit different, um, because, you know, they're, they're, they're wolf, they're half wolf, half god, um, right. they're a little different, so um, it's one of those things. <laughs> Sherry said she'll hold the fan for you. See, um, paranormal is my favorite genre. <gasps> yes. We're going to be so much I fun when we it. get to work together. I, I love it. And so I actually I, – and I also have to let you know that um, uh, other than K-Hall, I also have another Bear Shifter book. Uh, Raina Torres uh, wrote Winter, um, and I'm, I'm on that one as well. Well, I tell you about the Papa Bear thing. See, I really wasn't kidding. Yeah, exactly. You weren't kidding. <laughs> you really have – you have that daddy bear thing going on. <laughs> No, no, but here's but the question. Also, Have any of them made you I'm a daddy dom be, yet? Uh, what was the dad do, dad bod doms? Okay, so there, there we go. That's that's the daddy dom, the dad bod dom. That's awesome. <laughs> that's angel. That's the golden angel. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That that's Ray, That's that, that's Razor. Um, gold, gold, uh, golden has me as as the mas- uh, dungeon master, but. Um, Razor Greywood has me as the dad bod dom. Oh, nice. Well, you have like yeah. over 20 covers now, right? 20, yes. Um, I think I have like 10 of them now that have been revealed and another 10 that haven't. I do have one more shifter book coming out um, maybe this next year. I'll be a, a wolf shifter. Very nice. Shifters are yeah. fun because Karen, I, the reason I why I like paranormal better is because you get to do more. I don't have to worry I about the laws. I can defy all the laws. <laughs> I can do right. anything I want. Yeah. That's my favorite type of movie or TV show or anything. I love Supernatural and all that stuff. But uh, so so I have I have a few of my favorite photos that I'm so hoping that gets a cover. But you know, one of them uh, is I, I have like I have like uh, it's like a magic like coming out of my hand, and then another. Oh yes, and then I saw course, that one. That was I, awesome. I love that one. And then and then and then of course the uh, the Zeus one would be nice. Um, yes. So I could just tell him instead of making I, it Zeus, he's going to have to make it Odin. 
Well, you know, he can, he can change it up. You need I know he can. I know he can. That's, yeah. We've already talked about that because um, he's working with Skip on my first uh, Paranormal Western. See, I do that too, by the way. I do Paranormal Westerns, like Old West. But I, uh-huh. I read this book where, where I just kind of unleashed hell on earth. Oops. Um, well, is it sort of like the movie Angel, Angel, Cowboys and Angels? <laughs> Have you seen that? Um, yes, but different. Uh, well, I should, let's test this. Are you a geek? Have you ever played Dungeons and Dragons or any other kind of thing like that? Uh, I have, but I, I didn't really get into it a whole lot, so. Okay, well, there, there is a, uh, a game out called Deadlands, and they've brought, they call it the Weird West. They've brought, like, the zombies and all this other kind of stuff, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like the Wild Wild West movie. Right. Add paranormal, mm-hmm. and that's what Deadlands is. Cowboys and Angels, I think, was more about. I aliens. think it had aliens involved. Yeah, yeah, I watched that one. But, uh, I did, I did, yeah. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I also did. Uh, my, one of my other ideas was coming and doing the whole apocalyptic look. That's sort of the Walking Dead look. You yeah. Know, so. That was that was something I worked on for a little while without outfit. But it's like I I. I I, I'm really hoping that it at least would inspire an author to maybe write that story. Well, I like the tub pig too. Yeah, that was another that was another idea I had. I, I had another photographer that I used a long time ago that I saw one of his photos and and they had a tub photo, but the water looked like milk, and I love that because mm-hmm. you could just, like you're in a milk bath. You, know, you yeah. can really play around with it. You could play around with it and and leave a little bit to the imagination. And so um, we we uh, filled his tub up with lots of coffee creamer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited to see some of the other ones that come out of that. Well, not only that, but, you know, uh, speaking paranormally, somebody could take that and change that milk into blood and make you a vampire. Oh, I already told him about that. I said, you know, you know, he he changed, he changes the cheek colors to red and stuff. So I said, you need to change that water to red. He's like, I've already thought about it. The vampires are totally still hot now. I mean, we we got this going on. So, yeah, see, so you could be like in a wild, well, less paranormal because one of the things, the other things that I did was uh, kill off like sixty percent of the women. So. Like you can be totally gay and open in the old west, and nobody's going to care because there's a shortage <laughs> right. of women. I, I, just, right. I totally, I'm, I'm looking after my gay men, man. I'm telling you, you are. <laughs> they make my life so much better. They really do. I can totally be. It's because I can say anything I want, and they don't judge me. Right. Where I. <laughs> If I was in a group of women and said half of the stuff that I say, by the way, this show is rated R, <laughs> um, so we can say whatever we want. Um, okay. If I said if I said even half of the stuff that I said <laughs> to my gay guys, they would like not only talk about me for years, but probably the last time I'd see most of them because I just say what's on my mind. <laughs> we really avoid. Oh my God, that woman! Did you hear what she said? She I said, like, "I don't even know what that means." I know it. And she talks about that sex stuff and stuff, and like she actually did it. I'm like, well, I was single in my 30s and 40s, so yeah, mm-hmm. I had a good time. I mean, you know, that's a good time to be single for a woman because. Kind of come into your own in your thirties, right? Yeah, and you my thirties were good. Yeah, all that sexual stuff that like are pressured women to be like, oh, if you like sex, you're a whore. Blah 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 blah. You know, all that stuff right. is like, yeah, whatever. So you know, in your thirties, so yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of really great stuff. I'm not talking in about 30s. you, Sherry. <laughs> Sherry, Sherry looks in- at me sometimes is like, what? <laughs> In your 30s, you get to where you're like, you don't care so much about what people think like you did in your 20s. No, I had fun. I had a lot of one-night stands. Some of them were intended, some of them weren't, but it didn't matter. Right. That was an experience. I chalked it up and moved on. I was really bad at – in my my 20s, 20s I felt – 
I had a lot of the sexual hangups. And so in my head, I still felt like, you know, I didn't, I, I was so worried about being a stereotype that I, I didn't even have like hookups and stuff. I wasn't, I, wasn't right. didn't, I didn't want to be seen as a tramp. I wanted to, I wanted to be respectable. And, and I had all these ideas in my head of what I felt like I should be put on myself. And so I didn't allow myself to really do most of the stuff I wanted to do. Uh, I was very uptight. Um, and so I think in my 30s is when I finally kind of realized, you know, these people don't respect me more. They probably are not even as comfortable around me because I'm not comfortable with myself. So it, I yeah, started it has a lot to do with your how comfortable you are, yeah. Right. I mean, they pick up on that. So – um, I try, you know, I, I tried to be this perfect person, and nobody's perfect, so nobody feels comfortable around somebody that's perfect, you know, then they can't even be themselves. So I, you know, I kind of had to readjust and try to figure out w- why I was trying to be this person, you know, and it had a lot to do with my my upbringing and, and hang-ups that I had. Yeah, that's that's tough. It's when they beat that into your head, right? And then and then once you figure that stuff out, then you try to figure out what am I going to do with this information I have now? How do I incorporate that into my life? And so you start trying to make all these changes, and you know, some of it works and some of it doesn't. But but then once you have that information, you kind of you kind of have it, and you have to deal with it, right? You know? Well, see, the good news is now that you're 50, you can just throw away everything that you don't like. Because when people look at me, I'm like, I'm 50. Fuck you. <laughs> it's kind right. of, that's, that was seriously that was my attitude. I'm like, okay, so I had those last two filters. Yeah, we're just going to toss those out. I don't need those anymore. Right. Right. I mean, just, and, and, that, and that, <laughs> I think I think being celibate for the past three years too has really helped because I don't have to impress anybody. I don't care if someone wants me or not, you know, and right. it's been so freeing because I, I, for growing, growing up when I was younger, I, I had this need to be needed. I had this need for everyone to like me. And so I jumped through hoops for people to like me. And, and so, you know, not everyone's going to like you and, right. and you don't need everyone to like you, but I needed validation from everyone and that's not a healthy place yeah. to be because no, yeah. I ended Ooh, up yeah, trying, been there. <laughs> trying to be, tried to be everything for everyone, and then people just look at you; they don't respect you because, um, you know, you're not being yourself. You're, you well, no, yeah, you, you don't have you lose yourself because you do. You're trying completely. to be everything for everybody else. It's not like you're trying yeah. not to be yourself. You're just trying to be accepted and blah blah blah. Yeah. You know, societies and yeah. So in, in my relationship, yeah, and Randy, too, I, Randy said that he's been there too. You two should meet. You would love each other. I'll, I'll hook y'all up on Facebook. In, okay. in my relationships too, I I gave a hundred and fifty percent, and 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 but you know I didn't allow them to, uh, you know I, I tried to do everything for them because I felt like yes, if, if I got with someone that needed me, then yes. they wouldn't that they would stay yes. with me. And so I didn't allow them to do anything for me because mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable with that. So exactly. eventually, eventually, it's like I, I wasn't able to give them what they needed because they needed that too. But I was trying to do everything and you know, um, yeah. and control the whole situation. So it, yeah. it was never a healthy situation early on. So uh, I think that's another reason why the drugs kind of helped because I I ended up sort of losing some of that, you know, with, yeah. just with the opposite direction, you know. Well, I've uh, kind of gone down the TikTok hole <laughs> the last couple months. But one of the things that is going around that the young kids post a lot, which I love, this is totally true, um, if you're not clucking me, feeding me, or financing me, why do I care what right. you think? Right. So that's kind true. of my new lease in life. If you're not fucking me, feeding me, or financing me, why do I need to care what you think? And and being celibate, I've not you know, needed anyone for any of that stuff. So it's it's you know. So you've got to be there I for yourself, like, which is yeah. 
I feel I feel like being celibate. People ask me what you know how how have you done so well in your recovery? What's your secret? And I feel like that's probably my biggest. Most people don't want to hear that because they don't they would not want they, to do they that. They don't want to do that, like, right? Right. It, it's it's a lot to give up, and, and I've had people say, "Oh, you know, you shouldn't have a glass of wine, whatever." And I'm thinking. I haven't Wine's not my addiction, years. so yeah. <laughs> I haven't had sex for years, and you're telling me that I'm, you know, it's like I feel like everyone has has to figure out what works for them, um, and 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 I do know a majority of people can't do certain things like that. Is it? But but I do know what my issues are, and so if I, if I felt like something was bad for me, I would give it up, which I have, um, and most people don't understand how how you can do that. And and to me though, sex had become it wasn't even fun anymore. It had become something um, toxic for you. So yeah, it, it it became so where I I got in my head so bad, and I felt like I needed to get higher and higher to even put myself in a situation to try to get with someone else. Someone else, and then when I would get with someone else, if everything wasn't just perfect. I I would get in my head and I would sabotage the situation. So I never had a good sex sex situation anymore. It always seemed to go bad. Um, and so I got to where I would get high and watch porn yeah. and not deal with anybody else. And so I really became more the, – the reason I started doing it to begin with, it didn't work for me anymore. So I'm like, you know, I'm not even – I'm not even interacting with anyone real anymore. I'm, I'm, you know, all the things that were so great about it before became just the opposite. So, you know, sex for me, when I got clean, it hadn't been good in so long that I wasn't really giving anything up. It was, it was more just a stress that I had gotten rid of. Um, and so having that out of my life, I, I was like I didn't have any of the stress, none of the drama, None of the buildup for something that was going to go bad, right. um, and and I didn't have to worry about does this person like me? Do they not? Do they like me? Do they not like me? Mm-hmm. Or they like me too much, and I got to get rid of them? You know, it was just it was always sort of like you know if I, if I wanted to have a, a just a, a one night stand, then the person would say, oh, I really like you. I had a great time. Let's do it together. Just do it again, and I'd be like. All of a sudden, I'd be like interested. I'm like, okay, and then never call me again. You know, so it was just one of those things that you know people people would just mess with your head, and and there, I was there is a lot in of my that. head already. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like if I wasn't if I didn't act interested, they were interested, and as soon as I acted interested, they weren't interested anymore. So you know, it's just like I was so tired of all the games and all the mind. Well, you know, and and nowadays people date backwards anyway. They like. Have Netflix and chill, which is pretty much sex. And then if they like right. each other, they might chill some more. And then eventually, right. after they've had sex enough, it might become a relationship. Right. Exactly. Well, I mean, if, but yeah. if that's what they're into, that's okay. But for some of us from different generations, that's just not necessarily what we're looking for. Right. <laughs> so... um you believe it or not, we only have 90 seconds left, and you were worried about talking. Oh, wow. What I want <laughs> is um, can you tell people how to find yeah. you so that we can find stalk you? I mean, look you up and follow you as a fan. Well, um, my my um, Instagram is – I just changed the name because I wanted something that people might remember more, and it kind of works for my brand, is Silver Model Kevin. And then I also have Kevin R. Davis model um, page uh, on on Facebook. Nice. I noticed uh, the other day when I was looking um, for your um, Instagram, which, by the way, you can find in the episode. Uh, uh, Kevin is linked. So if you just hit his name, you can get there. And then uh, Golden is also linked because uh, we used a couple of Golden's pictures, and I also I like to make sure I give credit. So um, please – if uh, you don't didn't hear that or you need to get to that later, just go to the episode description, click on Kevin's name. It'll automatically take you to his Instagram post. I have enjoyed this so much. I hope that you come back sometime. 
Thank you so much. I've enjoyed it as well. Well, good. Um, I want to tell you good night, Kevin, and good night, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you from the people in the chat room. I love you all so much, and uh, we will see you later. Good night. Good night.